Take your Bible and go to Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 6. Thank you, choir, orchestra, Brother John, for uh, lifting our souls today and for all the great music during this Christmas season. Thank you for uh, all the great work that you've been doing. Now, next uh, Saturday, we'll move from Acts to preaching around the incarnation and Christmas and then again on Christmas morning. But today we continue in our series through the book of Acts and we come to Acts 16 beginning in verse number 6 today and reading through verse number 12, a message I've entitled Obeying the Holy Spirit. Paul was a church planter and he obeyed the Spirit of God going and planting churches. And today we have a keen uh, example uh, of that, and I want to look at how we too obey the Spirit of the living God. Acts 16, I began reading in verse 6. You follow along. We'll read down through verse number 12 is our text today, and you listen because this now is the word of our great God. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Messiah, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and on the day following to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony, and we were staying in this city for some days. The Bible says in John 4 and verse 24 that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, I didn't say that. John didn't say that. These are the words of our Lord Jesus, that God is spirit. If you're going to worship him, you worship him in spirit and in truth. You find the Spirit of the living God as early as the second verse of the Bible when we find that the Spirit of God was moving across the waters and their creation started. The Holy Spirit moved with the creation of the earth. The Holy Spirit moved with the creation of the church. The Holy Spirit moved in the creation of the Bible as holy men of God were moved and inspired, and the Bible was theonustos breathed out to them. Well, the Holy Spirit is always working. Started in Genesis all the way to the end in Revelation, and he is at work today. Sometimes he says no, and other times he says go. Well, we find that right here in Paul's life, that uh, they were getting ready to go to Asia, but oh, the Spirit forbid us to go. Then they were wanting uh, to take off into Bithynia, but the Spirit, no. But then there was a vision of a man over in Macedonia. Come over and help us. 
And we immediately understood this to be the voice of the Lord. And so they got in a ship straightway and headed to Macedonia. This is the first connection of the gospel with the European continent. Now, was it wrong to go into Asia? Well, it was wrong then, but later they would go to Asia. Was it wrong to go to Bithynia? The timing was not then to go to Bithynia. Later they would go to Bithynia. But now they were to head to Europe, across Philippi, into Greece. And the gospel would spread across Europe. Later, the gospel would jump the ocean and come to our own land. And somebody would start a church in South Alabama, at Canoe, in a little country town. 125 plus years ago, a group of 12 understood the voice of God moved from Canoe to come right here to this corner out in the rural region of Escambia County and planted church, and they called it Olive on this road. They heard the voice of God say, go. There are times when the Spirit says, no. And then there are times when the Spirit said, yes, now's the time. Go. And we must learn to discern and obey the Spirit's command. What does it take in order to experience and know clearly the voice of God and what you should be doing? Well, I want us to look in this text today and uh, I will submit three items to you that I think uh, that are essential if we're going to hear and obey the voice of God. Number one, it takes what I have called a submissive heart, a submissive heart. You see, they didn't just run through. God said no, but they went anyway. (laughs) No, no, they were submissive. Now, friend, you'll only have a submissive heart if three things have happened in your life. Number one, you must be born of the Spirit, saved. You must be born again. So I just want to ask you across this room today, 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning in the Baptist church, most people will say yes to this, but not everyone. Can you take me to a place and tell me of a time when God stepped out of heaven, stepped into your soul, that he drew you to himself, and you have been born of the Spirit? I know you've been born of the flesh. I'm looking at you. But have you been born of the Spirit? Born again, redeemed, saved, regenerate. Where God does a work with it. Hear me, without assurance of salvation, you'll never walk in the Spirit's life. You'll always doubt, am I or am I not? Friend, if you don't know, you know, when I give the invitation just a few minutes, you ought to run to this altar and say, let's get it settled today. Let's nail it down today. Let's know before we leave here that we're going to heaven when we die. We need to know. Born of the Spirit. Secondly, are you then filled with the Spirit? You can be saved, but then you must come Uh, to learn to know the fullness of the Spirit of God. Acts 2 says they were all filled at Pentecost. Acts 4, 8 says Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. 6, 5 says Stephen was filled with the Spirit. Acts 11, 24 says Barnabas filled with the Spirit. Acts 13, 9, Paul was filled with the Spirit. What is the key to being filled with the Spirit? The key is that there is no dual government in your life. No dual government. 
There is only one governing force in the Christian's life when you're walking in the spirit of fullness. There's only one Lord, there's only one King, there's only one in charge, and it's not you. And it's not me. He is prophet, priest, and king when you are walking in the fullness. You must empty yourself of self and then be filled to the brim and running over. Not halfway, not three quarters, but sold out to him. No dual government. You don't have two prime ministers in your life. Not two governors. One. He's prophet, he's priest, he's Lord of all. And you come to being filled with the Spirit when you are in submission. There is the being born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. But thirdly, there's what I call this being directed by the Holy Spirit. You find it all through the book of Acts. In Acts 13 too, it says the Spirit told us to set apart these people to go. In Acts 13, 4, the Spirit sent them out. In Acts 15 and 28, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit to send forth these people. In Acts 20 and verse 20, the Holy Spirit chose the overseers, uh, the pastors of the local church. What's the key to being directed? Lay your deadly doing down. Lay your deadly doing down. Not what you want, but what he wants. And say, oh God, not my will, but yours be done. Friend, we're never, ever going to walk in obedience until we come to being born again, being filled, and being directed by the Spirit of the living God. So, I just ask you, are you a saved man in here today? I, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm a baby boomer. That's the crew born between 46 and 64. They're scared to death of dying. It has come face to face with them right now, the boomer generation. God has dropped their bullet in the chamber and they know they're the next to be fired. Mom and daddy did. Not all, but. And when you move quickly into the seat and say, I'm next, are you ready? My daughter got me a Rick Bragg book for my birthday. I like to read Rick. He's funny and just for entertainment. Very little spiritual value at all. He tells about a friend in this last book about his dog. Made fun of heaven and hell. He said, Rick, when I die and they put me in a coffin down at the front, when you walk by, he said, would you slip a pack of Chesterfields in my pocket? He said, no need to get matches. I won't need any matches. He said, just put the Chesterfields in my pocket. Well, a lot of people make fun of hell. It's not a real place. Let me tell you, friend, there's a day coming when you'll believe it just like I do. You must be born again. Do you know the Lord? That's my question to you today. That day's coming. We've had funerals here this week. I buried an 80-year-old man. Mike buried a baby over on the other side. Friend, it matters not. There is a time set, and you'll keep that appointment. Have you been born again? Are you ready for heaven? Be born of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit so you can be directed by the Spirit. So you, you have to have a submissive heart if you're going to hear him. Secondly, you must have a listening ear, a listening ear. Notice in, in this text, 
the Spirit forbade us. We were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Don't go to Asia. No. The Spirit said, no. Then they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit us to go. He said, no. But we heard the vision. Come over here. And immediately, because they had heard the voice of God, they went. Every church planter ought to hear the voice of God. Paul did. I've talked to two church planters in the last year. I'm amazed. I, I was in seminary. We tried to go plant a church in uh, Seattle. That's where we thought God led us. And, uh, we went to visit, and, got, and God just said no. It was just not for us. We, we, uh, Liz and I talked, and we decided that the pastor at our house probably wasn't man enough to plant a church. That's hard work. I've talked to two church planters in the last year. I asked them, I said, where are you going? And they give me a city. I said, why are you going there? They said, because our family's there. I said, your family's there. And I'm not saying that God would not send a church planter back home, but the first answer is not, my family's there. The first answer is the Spirit of the living God sent me there. But if you're just going because it's easier, that's not the place. You go where God directs you. Maybe it's there. I don't know. I'm not going to argue with that. But I'm telling you, the first answer should be the Spirit of the living God set me down and said, this is the place on God's map for me to be. Must have a listening ear. And the Spirit of God says, go here. Do you know there are seven churches in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3. Very interesting that, that God wrote seven letters, one to each of these churches, and they are listed there, the church at Ephesus, the careless church, the church at Smyrna, the courageous church, Pergamum, the compromising church, Thyatira, the corrupted church, Sardis is the cold church, Philadelphia, the committed church, Laodicea, the carnal church. And every one of these churches he wrote a letter to, and he said different things to them, but he concluded every letter, all seven of the letters concluded the very same way. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You must have a listening ear to hear what the Spirit of the living God says. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, many of you could quote it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. And He'll do what? He'll make your paths straight. If you know where you ought to go, amen, and all your ways acknowledge Him. In everything. Not what you want. What he, and, and he'll make the path straight so that you can hear. I had an audiology test last year. Over at West Florida Hospital. They put me in a rubber room. Padded. And they said, every time you hear a sound, you click this deal. Some of you had that. So I finished up and I came out and the administrator said, why did you come have this done? I said, my wife made me do it. <laughs> and she laughed and she said, that's the reason that we get 90% of our clients is that their wife makes them come. In a minute she got out the paper and she looked at it and she said, well, here are your results. I said, okay, help she said, you can't hear women. 
I said, did you say I can't hear them or I don't want to hear them? Which, which one? I, I, she said, no, look at this. She said, the high registry, the high registry. You, you don't hear as well there. You hear better than the Lord. I said, well, it makes sense. He said, well, I'm standing around down here out in the foyer. If there are several ladies around and I'm hearing sounds different places, I have a little harder time. But if it's men, I pick it up quicker. And, and she said, it's because you're, that's where your lack of hearing is in a higher registry. She said, you just can't hear ladies. I, I didn't know whether to rejoice or repent. I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I wish I could put our church In God's audiology room. And that we would click the button when we hear the Holy Ghost. I guarantee you we've got members that would never click the button. Some members are lost. Some members walking in rebellion. There's no sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Because they don't have a listening ear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We must have a submissive heart. We must have a listening ear. And thirdly, we must have a ready tongue. You say, I'll preach, this is mine right here. No, now listen to me. You only speak what God says speak when God says speak it. Some of us have a ready tongue, all right. And we need to say no. No. I had a guy come to me one time down in the altar. He wanted me to pray for He said, Pastor, pray for me. I'm a new Christian, and I cuss a lot. And I need help. It was one of the most honest confessions I'd ever heard in all my life. And we just prayed that God would give him a new tongue. I've been saved since I was 10 years old. But I'm telling you, sports gave me a language. Yeah. And it still rears its ugly head from time to time. I can hardly watch basketball because of the people that taught me how to play and how to talk. Sometimes I just have to mute the button of me, not the television. A ready tongue. What was it that they spoke of? Notice it in verse number 10. As God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I talked to you about this little card. I gave you this card. I want you to give this card away. I want you to invite somebody to church. You may not have can share the gospel. You may not feel comfortable with that. You can invite somebody. Invite somebody to come next Saturday, this coming Saturday at 4, at 6, or 11 o'clock. Invite them to come. Turn that card over and invite them to come at 10 o'clock. You'll, you'll just, you're going to be blessed in this 10 o'clock service next Sunday. It's going to be a little different, uh, but it's going to be a great Christmas experience with multi-generation here with a uh, multitude of us speaking and the music. I've already talked with John a little bit about it. It's really going to be cool. And just join us and invite a friend to come. Use your ready tongue. But when you're ready, ready, share the gospel. 
And let me give you a new definition I found this week of the gospel. I, lo- I love this. A friend of mine wrote it. He said the gospel is the royal announcement. Uh, listen to this. The royal announcement that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lived a perfect life in our place, died a substitutionary death on the cross for the sins of the world, rose triumphantly from the grave to launch God's new creation and is now exalted as king of the world. The gospel, good news, Jesus came, lived, died, rose, and today reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he offers you salvation. He died for you. And that gospel always calls for two responses. Repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. The gospel will always call you to repentance, mourning over and turning from your sin and trading your agenda for God's agenda. Not my will, but his be done. Amen? It's what repentance is. You mourn over your sin. You're sorry for it. And you turn from it. And you trade that agenda for yourself, for God's agenda. Then you come by faith and you trust Christ and Christ alone for soul salvation. You say, Lord, I I trust you. I trust you. I trust you alone. No one else. I trust you. There's some of you in this room. This coming... Saturday, I'm going to baptize at 4 and 6. I'll be there in the water. Had a gentleman take me by the hand this morning out here. He said, Pastor, I'm coming at 6. Been working on that dude. He finally made his profession of faith just a few days ago. And he said, I've decided I'm bringing all my family. 6 o'clock. Going to be here. And let me tell you, it's big news in his circle. Amen. Buddy Hynold helped me. He shared the gospel with him. My son-in-law. He took me by the hand. He said, I'll be here with my family. Come at 6 o'clock. Some of you need to make that confession even today and say, I'm ready. I, I'll be here, Pastor. I, if you never asked the Lord to save you, then today I want you to do it. You never joined his church, and I want you to do it. Now I want you to do something for me. I've preached short today. Amen, Elizabeth? She likes short sermons. I'm going to ask you, give me five minutes, and no one leave this room for five minutes. If you've got an emergency, you need to go, you just go ahead. But I'm going to ask you to stay with me. Nobody leave for five minutes. And here's what I want us to do. I want us just to get quiet. I want you to talk to the Lord. Put your phone in your pocket. Turn it off. Don't be texting or looking at the score of the soccer game. There's a soccer match going on. People have been telling me about it. Don't be looking at that. Don't be seeing who sent you what. Just turn that off. Now I want us to get quiet before the Lord. I want you to just ask God what he wants to say to you today. Nobody mess with you. Nobody's coming to talk to you. I just want you to talk to the Father. And I want us, if you're here and, and you need somebody to pray for you, I'm going to be standing right here. And if you want to walk right here, 
I'll pray over you. I'll pray, just share with me what's on your soul. And I'll take just a moment and I'll pray for you. But it gets to be a bunch of people. We'll have some others that help us. If you've never been saved, want to be saved, just come right here while it's quiet. Baptists hate quiet. I understand that. But every now and then it's good for us to be still and know that he is God. So I'm going to ask you nobody to leave. And I'm just going to walk down here on the floor. And when I hit the floor here, I want you just to be still before the Lord. And if you need somebody to pray for you, feel free to come. I'll be glad to pray for you. Or just speak to the Lord yourself. You may want to come to this altar. That'd be fine too. Let's just speak to, speak to the Father for a few minutes. Never been saved? Ask Him to save you. Ever join this church? Tell Him you're ready to do it. You got something in your life you need to deal with? Deal with it right now. Friend, Christmas is coming. I, I, I'm telling you, it's hard when you get people together. Sometimes there's stuff's got to be dealt with. Let's just be still before the Lord and, and ask God to give you a listening ear, a submissive heart, and a ready tongue to obey whatever it is God is going to tell you. We're still before the Lord. We're quiet. If you need a prayer partner, I'm here. If not, just spend a moment there by yourself.